The Hour of the Pig is a movie about a lawyer's first case that involves defending a pig charged with murder or an hour-long art film in which pigs cycle through a giant hourglass covered in yogurt. Um, I mean, my inclination is to say that it's the first one, but I love the second one. So if you faked the second one to be like, I just want to give you props for faking the second one, but my guess is the first one. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Welcome to SADCAST, the podcast for working creatives. This is episode 24. This week, Chewing the Fat. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, this is Pam and Jackie. Hi. Hi, Pam and Jackie. Oh, I'm going to shut my window. Hold on. We're working things out over here. How are you feeling? I feel better. I just have some like random pain and itchiness. It's so wild. (laughs) It's the worst. It was so gross for a while. Now it's like less gross. And like where on your body? Everywhere? It's on my, no, it it doesn't go everywhere. It's on my chest and like my side and my back. Oh man. On the left side. So shingles you get only on one side of your body and it's usually kind of in like a stripe. (laughs) Is it brought on by stress? It can be, but I don't feel particularly stressed. Okay. It's just like, did you have to be um, exposed to chickenpox again or just who knows? It just happens for no reason. No, it just happens. Yeah. It's very weird. Wait. Is shingles chickenpox? It's the chickenpox virus when it is like resurrected in your body as an adult. It's it's zombie it's Easter, right in time for Easter. yeah just in time for easter it's zombie chicken pox it is and so like when i was contagious when you first get shingles while well, your blisters are like fresh and disgusting you're contagious but what you would give someone if they had never had it was chicken pox right it's so, like chicken, chicken pox 2.0 exactly it's awful yeah. i don't remember having chicken pox as a kid but now i can expect that it wouldn't be fun for children and but you, okay so do you know if you got you, you're too young for the vaccine no is there a vaccine? i am there's a vaccine for shingles but it, it's kind of like it's for people who are over 60 because they're the group that's at risk huh. uh, and i so it's like i don't even know if a doctor would recommend it to me hmm. but fortunately once you have shingles you're not very likely to get it again so nailed it like a Hopefully. shingle to the roof of your built body <laughs> i just feel like shingles is like one of those one of those illnesses that has an unfortunate name that's like while easy to pronounce very confusing like it definitely sounds it kind is. of std-ish i just think it doesn't sound disgusting enough like <laughs> I, I don't think people get how gross it is from the name i mean being covered in blisters is like really oh. unpleasant I bet. Oh, poor baby. That's you, okay. It's mostly over now. Did you like have to reconsider your thread count and things like that? <laughs> no, I, nothing really made it more pleasant. So I was just very whiny for several days. Well, justified. 
the only thing that helped was texting people photos of it. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciated your whole the, like online experience of your shingles, which is how I found out. I think you were tweeting about it. I was tweeting about it, but I've I'm now being punished by the fact that I have like Google Target ads for, <laughs> for the shingles vaccine. <laughs> And so, like, every time I'm reading something, like, a pop-up ad shows, like, elderly people, like, reacting in horror to their shingles. And then it's like... If if you needed medication and didn't know, wouldn't you be glad those ads were there? Yeah, I guess I would. I think that if I'd been older, I would have realized I had shingles right away. But as it was, I was like, what could this be? Um, Because it's weird to get it. I'm, like, 40 years too young. But whatever. You're ahead of the curve. Michelle. I'm very precocious <laughs> in my diseases. I love it. Well, speaking of precocious, sweet transition. Um, yeah. We wanted to especially, well, actually, I feel like we should introduce you properly because you're not just the writer of this really hilarious or slash Or someone with shingles. Or, or someone with shingles. I'm more than my disease. You're, you are. And yeah. So can you um, please tell us um, who you are with uh, vis-a-vis Sad Meg? Because uh, you are very, very significant. Oh, that was a seductive accent. Thank you. Um, I don't, it's like ambiguous, though. <laughs> I always have a hard time defining my role now that I'm not an editor-in-chief. Um, but I am a co-publisher, which is like all the sort of supporting structures of the magazine, I think, like operations and finances and grants and keeping the little ship afloat is a lot of it and then I also do still do some editorial stuff so I get to edit a couple of pieces for each issue you also were um pretty instrumental I would say in um like reinvigorating the board structure for the magazine yes we have such a good board now that was um a lot of a lot of recruitment and also it was championed by Megan who's the best board president ever Megan but is the best board president ever also I mean I feel like people don't realize or maybe maybe they do but <clears throat> because Sad Meg I feel is so unique and that it's like really beautiful and looks like a fancy kind of expensive like like pretty well-produced thing that people are getting paid for kind of magazine you don't kind of imagine that one, um, it's it's a volunteer effort for the most part, or people get small yeah. area sometimes, and then also that, um, you know, like it's a nonprofit. Or how do you how do you work out all those words? Not for profit or nonprofit? Technically, or... yeah, no, we're a registered nonprofit, so we're we're on the books. That's our official stance. Love it. We're recognized in the eyes of the BC Societies Act as a nonprofit. But yeah, it's always very flattering when people are like, wow, I I thought there was more money and power behind this magazine. Yeah, to our <laughs> detriment, right? Because like... Yeah, we had yeah. one really like kind of sassy comment on a grant application review that was like, who knew this magazine's operating budget was so tiny? <laughs> the magazine looks so good. You don't believe us? Look at our bank account. It's like, yeah. wait, did they then give us a grant or no? I think that one they did, but okay. but sometimes they're like, you're you're too small for our money, mm. but your magazine looks good. Classic. Classic. Yeah. <clears throat> it's like there's, it's like, <laughs> that reminds me of how basically... I'm starting to realize that one of my dream jobs, or maybe I've always known this, but I'm starting to kind of try to embrace it a little bit more, that one of my dream jobs would be to work in 
um, the kind of component of the film industry that is film fest world. And so it's pretty tricky to get into those jobs, though, like either you're a lifetime volunteer and you maybe make a transition into a job when it becomes available or um, you get in as a student because a lot of those jobs um, are get grants for hiring people contingent Mm -hmm. on them being students. <clears throat> and so there's like this perfect job with the Queer Film Festival this year. And I, I know the people there now and I feel like it would have been kind of straightforward for me to apply for that job and maybe get it. And But I'm not eligible because I'm over 30 and not, oh. not signed up for full-time school next year. So I was like, God damn Is it, it worth going to school just for this job? I thought about it. I was like, can I just sign up for a degree get this job and then go but then I would still be too old which feels like age discrimination but I can appreciate that that's the government trying to say like you're 35 like you've had your chance (laughs) (laughs) your your window of opportunity is closed and now there's new people exactly let it go (laughs) oh geez government of Canada (laughs) thanks government (laughs) you know that dream you had let it go The trick is on the inside because with SADMAG, our mandate used to be about like serving people under 30 and then we're like, oh, but now mostly we're over 30 and so we've (laughs) we've just ratcheted it up. Exactly. Yeah, well, and and inclusivity being one of the words in the the tagline sort of by default includes people of all ages or at least a broader age spectrum than under 30. It's true. It's true. That's how we look at it now on the other side of 30. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, it's funny. So reading your article, which is in the high school issue of Sad Mag, which um, is out and available in stores now, visit sadmag.ca to find a stockist. Um, <clears throat> your article is called Digital Get Down, and it has a really amazing graphic. Um, yes, I love the graphic. By Carling Bourne. And like which is a bracket a small o an uppercase y and a small o and then a closed bracket which to me looks like a dick in between two boobs (laughs) but i feel like it's is it just dick and cock and balls like no it's boobs yeah it's boobs just boobs boobs and cleavage okay see i just assumed it was like a penis in the boobs i guess it could be i never had the boobs to support that maneuver I think it's I I assume this is is it no it's not motorboating it's a boob job what is it called when you do that I have no idea I don't know I feel like I feel like there's like a sexual thing where you like put put the dick between your boobs it's definitely a move but what is it called no idea (laughs) I was like maybe (laughs) maybe a teen can tell us later but anyway I didn't have much up top in high school or ever in life so I never could have done that but I could have done it on the internet in my fake persona. <laughs> yeah, well, that's funny because reading your your accounts, it's kind of like, I mean, I think that my very first encounter with the internet was probably, I, I wish I could remember how old I was. I think I was probably like 13 or 14 or 13 mm-hmm. or I don't know. Well, it was definitely at my dad's friend's uh house like we went like they were kind of like family we went to stay with them every summer and on the island and um he was like yeah we've got the internet and we were like ooh, and I was like I want to check that (laughs) out and so but all I wanted to do because it was like I couldn't figure out how to like do the internet and so I was kind of like I want to go into a chat room because I feel like I'd seen um not ghost but what's that movie where there's like kind of chatting maybe it is ghost 
There's I some, don't know. There's a couple I mean, there's you've got mail. Yeah, there is like some chatting and ghosts, but it's within the bank system. Uh, it's like an intramail. Yeah, it's not like chatting like you think. Right. There's that episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where Willow dates. There's like online dating. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen it? It's like first season. It's very early Buffy, and Willow um, starts chatting with this boy. And like pouring her heart out to him, and then he turns out to like literally be a demon that's living in the internet. Amazing! <laughs> it's a really funny episode because I, never, I feel like I never watched Buffy, but now I feel like I have to. You, it's yeah. really hilarious. I had a um, I my first girlfriend was really into Buffy. Ironically, she was not gay, but um, it turned out to be not gay. But um, the yeah, so because there's like a whole kind of Buffy queer fandom sub sub genre. It's a pretty anyway, queer show. Yeah, yeah, totally. Very queer. Um, but but oh, anyway. Wait. Buffy's not gay, right? It's the redheaded. Right. Yeah, Willow Willa turns Willa. out to be gay. Got it. Um, I mean, and it wasn't the demon online lover. But um, <laughs> I also love that that show had literal demons. Like, Yeah. That's great. Anyway. That um, one's like a very unsubtle metaphor demon. But it's also like it feels like the panic of the early internet where everyone was like, Anyone could be a predator. It's you know? true. That's the same today, though, is it not? <laughs> I guess so. I feel like when I was, maybe it's because I'm an adult now and like nobody cares about my safety, but I feel like when I was a teen, it was like the constant threat was like that there was a predator trying to lure you over the internet and like anyone you talk to could be a predator. Yeah, I almost feel like it's it's not that that threat has gone away, really. It's more just that it's completely normalized and that we all you know, we just live in a world where that's a reality. So it's not kind of as new and threatening as it was in the 90s. But anyway, on this online, I don't even know, I because I, I feel like there was Yahoo maybe when I was looking at this, but basically I tried to find some kind of chat room somewhere and I ended up on some very early message board, like trying to leave messages to talk to people, but like nobody was online. Like, I don't know, I probably sat there for like 20, 30 minutes and was like, this is boring and left. You were too early for the internet. <laughs> I was like, I just want to talk to somebody. <laughs> I just want to dance yeah. with somebody. I feel like I I wish I had like more specific memories of what these chat rooms were, like where we found them and like how we chose them from all the other how options. How I first started chatting with people was through gaming. So I'd play like this pool game. I can't remember through yahoo i can't remember but there was like a little chat function so that's where i started chatting with the people that i would be cool with and sometimes it would be like flirting sometimes it'd be gross and sometimes it would be nothing did everybody have this experience except me because i basically never chatted with any stranger ever on the and on the internet that's all i did i didn't do like any chat rooms so that was the extent of it not exactly a chat room I feel like I didn't really use chat rooms for the real purpose of like, I mean, I feel like I was always kind of under the pretense of pranking. I think like, that's half of the reason to use a chat like, room. <laughs> like, I also feel like I went to a lot of chat rooms and like would kind of just have a cooler persona of myself who would like have a different name. That's what everyone, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's pretty it was kind of like a participatory fiction where you'd be like, here's what I'd be like if I was cool. And you see if someone else will like, indulge it with you see now i here's the tie-in back to ask jeeves buffy jeeves 
Love it. Um, that brought Giles back- and Buffy. Oh, but that's right, okay. Jeeves, Giles. Sorry, pardon me. Thank you. Whoa, Buffy, correction. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about because I'm not seeing I was like, Jeeves, what is it? Is it just 90s stuff? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you guys have never seen Buffy. No, I watched. I watched many episodes. But... Okay, that reassures me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with the genre. Um, <clears throat> um, okay, so... So, I mean, I feel like maybe the only question that occurred to me while reading your thing, which is not like journalistic in any way, but more friendly, which is that, especially because like, I feel like the most stunning and amazing revelation is that you said you learned a lot of things about sex from chatting with people. Yeah, well, sort of. I mean, you have super like cool progressive parents. So I feel like, because I feel like one of the, like, what was your kind of intro into that stuff outside of? the internet into like sex education Mm. well I do have very cool progressive parents and I feel like as a kid I was always trying to stop my mom from having these honest conversations with me about Mm, sex like the earliest one I remember is being a little kid and she was driving me to school and we saw like two birds on a branch that were like hopping up and down on each other or something they were like and I was like look mom the birds are playing and she was like they're not playing they're having sex and then she like launched into an explanation of what sex was. And I didn't particularly want to know. But now from the vantage point of adulthood, I can appreciate that she was like always about facts. Mm. And like an odd not... coincidence that I saw two birds humping today. But I don't, I mean, birds are weird because they have cloacas. And I don't really understand how birds have sex. Wait, so explain science word. <laughs> so a cloaca. <laughs> This is so weird. <laughs> a cloaca is like a bird's vagina and its anus. They have like one opening and it's what they lay eggs out of. It's their hole. Yeah. Hole. Yeah. <laughs> one hole fits all. <laughs> exactly. And like it's their, you know, like pe- like women have three. Like you have one that you pee out of and one for reproduction and one for pooping and birds just have one and I guess it has a fourth purpose because it's also for eggs I don't know what you would call that I guess that's like bird childbirth right so anyway I have no idea how birds actually I always thought the bird laid the egg and then the the male bird did something to it Hmm. oh my god I have no idea Okay, well, we need to. This is like a, such a cliffhanger for our listeners. How, how do birds I hope somebody do somebody knows how birds reproduce? Ironic that it's called the birds and the bees. It's like you'd think people would understand. They would pick literally like literally about birds if they're talking. About yeah, birds. and nobody knows how bees do it. I mean, like pick two animals that we can learn from. I know it's like the horse and the dog. Yeah, those are. <laughs> Those are ones we horse could learn and the from. Dog. Let's have this horse and the dog talk, Jimmy. <laughs> We're like the dog and the cat talk, but. Mm. Um, but anyway, to get back to my weird sex education, mm. like, so my my mom was always there to like answer questions and also to like force these conversations on me, particularly in the car, because she wanted me to have all the facts and she didn't want me to like get pregnant as a teenager. And she's always like, you can ask me a few questions and like. You know, here's where I keep condoms in the house. Like, very cool mom stuff. But I feel like when I was a teenager, I didn't want facts. I wanted, like, the insider knowledge that comes from experience. And, like, the weird thing about being a teenager is you – or for me, I don't know if this is everyone's experience. But I feel like I was very preoccupied with, like, 
seeming like I knew things, even oh. when I had no idea about them. Uh, <laughs> I think that's, I mean, it's either <laughs> everyone or it's like everyone. people like us. Yeah. yeah. I definitely like, did that. And I had no one talking to me about sex. And I thought maybe that was why, but it's kind of refreshing and reassuring that it was you also, and you had someone yeah. to talk to about it and I didn't. So like, I remember in like early in high school, like grade eight or grade nine, there was like gossip about this girl in our school who had sex doggy style. And I remember like discussing that piece of gossip with so many people while having no idea what doggy style meant, but just being like, just keep like, just keep talking about it. <laughs> like, don't ask questions. Like don't betray any ignorance because like probably in retrospect, like 90% of us were just like feigning our way through that conversation. But everyone was like acting like an authority as if as like, prepubescent bodied 13 year olds we all totally knew like we were we were all in the know about this sexual act See, yeah i feel like Jackie's just uh imd being richard dreyfus for some unknown reason <laughs> it's related to what i'm about to talk about break. <laughs> i'm not like checking out well, i'm, I'm like trying to how this is gonna tie in. <sighs> just like ruined my very subtle movie reference I'm sorry. <laughs> um well speaking of doggy style i mean for me oh boy <laughs> Also, doesn't Dreyfus sound like a dog? What am I thinking of? Yeah, Dreyfus was, was on Empty that... Nest. The dog, wasn't he the dog on Empty Nest? Dreyfus. I swear to God. We need a lot of annotations for this discussion. <laughs> That's what the blog is for. Sidecast.ca. I feel like uh, Down and Out in Beverly Hills, 1986, uh, movie starring Richard Dreyfus is has a sex scene in it where <clears throat> god I want to watch this again actually I feel like it might be hilarious or awful um oh it's 30 years old huh? um where he, like the woman is sitting upright on the guy lying down and I was like wait cowgirl <laughs> I was like wait what and we used to like on I used to rewind it on the VHS and like watch it over and over again to be like wait like I just thought it was really hot but I didn't know what hot was because I was like seven or eight or something isn't that weird yeah. how you know mm-hmm. like I came across like an old um like VHS tape like a porn tape when we were like vacationing in Greece at the place we were staying and on the back of, of it was, like, you know, stills from this porn. And, like, you know, <laughs> I, I got, like, that horny feeling not knowing what it yeah. even was at, like, seven. They picked the right stills. I guess so. And I wonder how that, you know, like, influenced my taste because that's, like, one of the first things I remember. Interesting. What kind of porn was it? Has it, like, played into your I definitely remember there was a pool table. Oh. And, um... They were doing it on the pool table. That's all I really remember from that, from it. But yeah, yep. That is interesting. Um, all right. I well, want to know what porn you found. Yeah. <laughs> pool table. Pool table porn. porn. I'm here pretty, to fix your pool. Look pretty regular. <laughs> oh, haha. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> it's the pool boy. Um, well, I recommend that everybody gets out and reads this article. Um, because I wish it were twice as long. I want more stories about teenage michelle slash early teenage michelle i can i can work on some they're all basically as cringeworthy as that one uh if by cringeworthy you mean excellent um oh thank you 
Was it difficult for you to write this at all? I mean, I know we've been talking about sex and sex ed and stuff, but was there any part of you that's like, oh, this is actually, I feel strange about writing this or not at all? I thought I would feel strange about writing it. And then I had so much fun writing it. Like, I think, I think that I would have been embarrassed to write it a while ago, maybe. I feel like you, at some point you get a certain amount of distance from your younger self and like everything becomes really funny to you. And like my parents have read it, like they have a sad mag subscription. And my mom was like, it's very well written. (laughs) I don't know. Like my husband read it and he thought it was funny. The only thing I worry about is that I, I told all my coworkers about sad mag and then I like picture people I work with reading it. And that's, that's a weird See, you got to adopt a pen name. That's my strategy anyway. See, but then I also I also think like there's really nothing in there to be too ashamed of. Like when I was 13, I thought it was like funny and tantalizing to like role play on the Internet as like a sexually experienced person. I mean, I feel like almost I feel like a lot of people did. I won't say almost everybody. It's like when I say that I had Barbies and I made them have sex with each other all the time. Half of people are like, of course, I did that, too. And half of them are like slightly horrified. Who would be slightly horrified? I definitely did that. Yeah. Some people don't, though. It feels very obvious. Do you feel like those people aren't good at sex now? <laughs> I wonder if they're lying. Like, I wonder if they... They're so repressed. They, like, rub their Barbies together and they, like, are too ashamed oh, to tell you. I mean, just to pivot and make it, like, awkward. I feel like, I mean, if, you know, even if you were ashamed of things that happened to you or things that you did as a teenager I feel like that would also make for really interesting writing and I would also encourage you to write so perhaps that's true perhaps I challenge my own question which is like do you have shame because it's like no also (laughs) to be be clear I feel like you you have the kind of um kind of confident but humble like Michelle aplomb (laughs) that like (laughs) in this article like I can clearly imagine you being 13 and being like no let's do it let's it's hilarious but also like not too worried about it (laughs) like I can tell you it felt very low stakes (laughs) (laughs) I was like no one will ever find out well Uh, but I mean I feel like in the 90s it was you know nobody knew if it was like these people were gonna suddenly come knocking at your door or something that's true I mean I still like I remember a period a few years ago where there was like a rumor that Facebook was going to have like some kind of plugin where you could see everyone who'd ever looked at your page. Mm. Mm. And I had this like horror of like, what if that's true? And like everyone whose Facebook profile you've ever creeped on knows about it. But then they would have creeped on someone else and everyone would be, it'd be kind of nullified. Don't you think? Well, I would hope so, but you never know. There's still the, there's like always the fear about what if things on the internet that you hope disappear forever come back? Mm. Mm. It's our collective millennial nightmare, probably. It's true. <laughs> Speaking of which, like, I feel like that's one of the great things about all of this whole era is that all of this shit is presumably just gone. Well, and also I think like this was this was a point I would have made in a longer article, maybe, because I have been thinking about it a lot since I wrote it, but... I feel like there's always this fear that like you'll do something as a teenager and it'll ruin your life and haunt you forever. And like, I think that there's that ongoing panic with teenagers who like Snapchat each other naked pictures or whatever, whatever kids are doing. And like, there's a tendency to panic over how teenagers use their sexuality or use technology and for like sexual things. And I think that those experiences are so common that a lot of it just like, 
by the time they're adults, it's such a common shared experience that it's not haunting them, you know, like, Agreed. I feel like Dan Savage has a whole diatribe about this where he's just sort of like, actually, pretty soon we just have to get over the idea of like, dick pics and all of that kind of stuff being something that people do or like, just literally everyone's lives are digitally plastered all over the internet and it becomes a non-issue at some point. Yeah. In theory. And, and I mean, yeah, the more the more people do it, the the more it loses its power. And I think that we also have to accept that whatever technological advances we make will be used by horny teenagers for some kind of like sexual fulfillment it's like one of the few forms of power they have it's true it's true um i just had this horrible flash to like what was that word for um bird anus coachella (laughs) that is also a word for a bird's anus no it's cloaca cloaca yeah like like birds are like snapping each other their cloaca pics i just picture like some modern couple hearing that overhearing that word and naming their child that (laughs) (laughs) they think they're naming their daughter like some version of chloe and then it's like oh but it has to be different (laughs) i feel like now i just i'm dead certain there's a child out there named cloaca okay wait how do you spell it (laughs) um c-l-o-a-c-a a C A A. A C A one A. Oh, okay. You'll find it. Your name. <laughs> name. Well, it's just gonna come up with I know, a bunch but... of bird anuses. I know. But it looks like there's a band. It's not Urban Dictionary? Why? <laughs> I just Googled it and one of the possible questions is do humans have a cloaca? Yes. What do you think of the name Cloaca for a baby girl? Oh my god, I found it. No! <laughs> oh my god. It's, I'm Skyping this to you. Everything on the internet. Just like <laughs> proven. Proven. Yeah. Which is so fun because it's like, oh yeah. Oh my god. And someone answered and was like, it does sound very pretty. No! No! That just means <laughs> someone out there has actually named that. I mean, definitely. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I love the internet. Oh no. <laughs> this is the best. We'll oh, link no. we'll link to this on our on our blog sadcast.ca, but it, I love one of these answers. So the question is, what do you think of the name Cloaca for baby girl? And sub sub context is, I have always thought it was such a beautiful has beautiful sound to it. Update. Chloe can be a nice nickname. Yeah. And then the first answer with uh with five stars from the asker is it does sound very pretty choose whatever you and the father like best and then the next person says you might want to check a dictionary <laughs> also Latin for sewer oh dear <laughs> this thread is such a microcosm of society oh, i love it oh god okay all right this was amazing this was amazing and i feel like that's a nice um butt button for us to end (laughs) this has been such a delight thank you for including me in sadcast (laughs) thank you so much for being here we'd love to have you anytime um yeah check out more michelle in future issues of sad mag who knows when who knows what i'll be writing about also go to sadmag.ca and hit the blog and just search michelle see what happens there's probably internet stuff in there michelle's written i don't know I'm sure she'll I'm sure or just google her you can google me yeah I'm I'm googleable your google is like probably way more interesting now that you've um like 
made your name more unique through marriage. And in a way, I've I've like set myself away from everything I previously published. Interesting. Fresh start. Michelle it's Lisa. a fresh start. <laughs> Except that this article was under my new name, so this is like the only thing I published associated with myself. Hmm. It's a this iteration. Well, interestingly too, and it's a throwback to your 13-year-old self, and also about like digitally digital anonymity. So I feel like what a new what an interesting way to refresh the refresh the whole system there kind of tiny yeah. old with the new the throwback to the anonymity of your origins there's so the many internet. layers to this 600 word onion <laughs> <laughs> i'm crying right now um okay well thank you so much and um have a wonderful evening and um um yeah thanks for being a kick-ass michelle thank you thank you jackie and pam okay I'm gonna figure out how to hang up now. Okay. I can do it for us. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye. And now here's a song. It's about a year old, but really digging it right now. It's called Bad Girl by Buttertones.